this is Bob Wells here and welcome to Undercurrent Stories. This is the show where we uncover some fascinating stories from people about their interests. In today's show, we hear from Amanda Jenkins, who's had a lifelong passion for the protection of wildlife and biodiversity. As well as hearing about the work of the Wildlife Trust here in the UK, Amanda explains how each of us can play our part in helping to restore the natural environment. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Bob. Welcome to the show, Amanda, and thank you very much for coming on the show to talk about such an important subject. Thank you for inviting me. Before we talk about the work that you're doing, Amanda, can you tell us a little bit about your background, please? How, how did you get into conservation? What sort of roles did you have before joining the Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust? Um, I'm a farmer's daughter from Yorkshire, actually, um, and I've always, oh, right. been, I've always been interested in wildlife. But I think when I was growing up on a farm with access to fields and hedgerows and streams and ditches, I actually took it for granted. Um, and I think now that I have moved away from... Um, you know, being at home and having all that access, I think I appreciate it a lot more. Um, right. Yeah, so I think, you know, I, I just love the changing of the seasons and watching the world wake up. And this is such a wonderful time of year in South Lincolnshire. The hedgerows have become a little bit greener. We've got hawthorn or may blossom out. Um, you know, we, see, we watch leaves unfurling and then the summer comes and we see road verges and meadows with buttercups and wildflowers and sort of... S- Swift screeching overhead are always the sound of summer to me. So, I mean, that was my that was my background growing up, and we have yes. less access to that. If we don't grow up on a farm, we might have less access to that. Um, and so, when I I I actually, much to my father's chagrin, I married um, an RAF pilot. And uh, I I didn't marry the neighbouring farmer's son, which I think my dad was hoping for. Um, And I kind of missed that. So we've moved around the country, just this country, quite a bit. And I've missed that access to wildlife. And I think that kind of encouraged me to to look to doing more work in sort of uh, wildlife conservation and ecology as well, how how, uh, sort of the uh, the whole of the system of natural systems interact with each other. So yeah. I, I did a degree in um, ecology with okay. um, De Montford University. So I, I graduated yeah. into in two thousand, and then uh, and after that I worked for the Farming Wildlife Advisory Group. So my yeah. degree and that sort of work combined my passion really for farming and for farming and wildlife. It must be great, yeah. It must it must be great um, to actually combine your your passion and your love for protecting wildlife and the beauty of wildlife, and and then actually you know having having a job that does that. Absolutely, I've been really fortunate that you know it, it's worked out my way. I worked for the Environment Agency for ten years in their conservation department, and I've worked for Natural England for a little while, but I found a very happy home with Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust. Yeah, um, oh, that's great. So, yeah. So on, just talking about, before we get into the uh, the detail about the local project that you've got, um, could you tell us a little bit about the, the Wildlife Trust on a national level? Yes, certainly. I mean, the, the Wildlife Trust, so it's a Royal Society of Wildlife Trusts, is an umbrella organisation. And then within that, there are 46 individual wildlife trusts. And they're all formed in the same way, really, by active and motivated people getting together to make a difference, uh, you, you know, in the, in the environment that they live in. They've all got an interest yeah. in wildlife and their natural environment. Each trust is an independent charity, um, but they all share the same vision, really, to, to make, 
make the landscape better, to join up the landscape, if you like, for wildlife and to bring people closer to nature. And it's not just about land as well. It's about the sea and we have marine protection zones. So we want to create a living landscape, if you like. Oh, right. So, so you don't, it's not just the inner, inner part of the countryside. It's, it's also the, the coastline as well. That's right. Yes. It, we go out to the tidal limit, which varies in different parts of Lincolnshire uh, or different parts of the country. Sorry. Um, yes. Lincolnshire is, is bordered by the wash, Lincolnshire and um, East Anglia, of course, Norfolk, the Norfolk coastline. And the wash is a, an incredibly uh, special area. Uh, for for wildlife and it's got lots of designations if you like uh, you know special protection areas for birds special areas of conservation it's a Ramsar site which is an internationally important area of wetland um, it's a site special scientific interest it's got you know the, the coast and the area around it the marshes and the fens in Lincolnshire have lots of environmental designation that is yeah. you know, really important to recognise. So, so I know it's a question that's asked a lot and, and most people have a great idea about what it is, but why, why is the um, conservation of wildlife and biodiversity so important, Amanda? Well, if we look on, a, on an international level, really, just, just looking at what pollinators, so in certain insects do for us, one in, th- in three mouthfuls of food we eat globally is pollinated by insects. One in so, three? One in wow. three, that's right, yeah. yeah. So, so that's on a very basic level. Um, You know, and to look after the natural environment, we need to look after soil. So we need to we need good quality, well-managed soils um, which grow our food. We need clean and we need plentiful water because we drink it and we, you know, we wash in it and flush our loos with it. We need all that needs to be. Uh, you know, good quality. And the air that we breathe needs to be good quality as well. So all that is dependent on how we manage our soils and an awful lot of the work and water and an awful lot of the work done by soils is sort of the the ecology underneath the soil and within the soil if you like so it all starts from a very basic level and if we look after our natural capital land water air we look after ourselves and we look after wildlife um so yeah you know we can we can combine the two we can look after our natural environment and we can look after Uh, you know us and wildlife as well and we we really need a a kind of living landscape rather than just isolated sites of wildlife so at the minute we have some fantastic nature reserves and Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust manage about 100 nature reserves for uh, for wildlife and for people. And are these are these nature reserves um, places where we can go and have a look? Absolutely. All of the nature reserves. Well, um, yeah, apart from one on our doorstep in Lincolnshire, which is Willowtree Fen is closed at the minute, but all nature reserves are open for people. Some of them um, you're restricted to not taking dogs at sensitive times of year, but you can, you know, as long as you keep your dog on a lead, you can walk your dog around the nature reserve. and, um, and, And, you know, some of these sites are extremely accessible. So, some of those sites might be, uh, you know, in a, in towns in Boston and in Spalding in South Lincolnshire. There are local nature reserves that people can easily access. Other sites yeah. you might need your bike to get to. Yeah. And are, are these are these nature reserves? Are, are they something that you you know do you, do you buy the land or, or do you lease it off somebody or how, how does it work? Most of them are owned by Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust. Yes. Um. So yeah. So we. 
we own the land and we manage it. And it means if we do own that land, we can manage it in, in a way for nature conservation that best suits that area. Yes. So, yeah, we own most of the nature reserves, but we also work in partnership with other landowners to connect and land managers as well to connect these right. um, nature reserves with the rest of the countryside. Yes. And when, when the Wildlife Trust and Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust is, is the same, you know, we, we look at the biodiversity at a landscape scale. We can't yeah. just look at isolated nature reserves because they become islands and none of the nature can get out. And that's a, that's a threat to the, to the natural, you know, to the, the ecology and the wildlife on the site. So what we yes. want to do is try and spread these um, reserves of nature, if you like, out into the wider countryside. Yeah. And we do this by working with farmers. So in South Lincolnshire, as part of the South Lincolnshire Fenlands Partnership, we work with farmers who have connected up their countryside stewardship schemes. So that might be managing hedges and yeah. field drains and um, margins, field margins. Uh, so they've connected their sites, their land, yeah. with, with nature reserves. Is a field margin by the edge of a road, or is, it, is that just against a, a, a stream? Or It could be to protect a stream, or it yeah. could be just around the edge of an arable field. Yeah. Um, so that's their part of countryside stewardship schemes at the minute. And we are moving now into a into a new time when we when we leave Europe we are looking at what the next um, environmental schemes might be so we're working with farmers as that new uh, as that new scheme comes through so that will be environmental land management and um, yeah. Amanda I've heard something about this nature recovery network can you tell us a bit about that please creating a nature recovery network uh, is is one of the uh, aims of the Wildlife Trust, the Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust too. And I can send you a link to uh, a paper that was produced for the government by the Royal Society of Wildlife Trusts. And Lincolnshire gets a mention, um, Lincolnshire Roadside Nature Reserves get a mention in that. But the, the, the document really sets out that we all need nature. Um, yes. And it's very much, you know, there have been extensive studies now, some of them by the Wildlife Trust and some of them by, you know, people independent of nature conservation organisations who have looked at the health and well-being aspects of, of engaging with nature. So yeah. we all need nature. It's good for us. It helps to improve our mood. It helps us to exercise. Um, and we're all better when, when our lives are a little bit wild, really. That's very um, true, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and really creating a nature recovery network is, is one of the ambitions of the, the Wildlife Trust. Um, yeah. and, and that is to make, to you know, we have gardens. We've got about 430,000 hectares of garden um, across the countryside. We've got um, 250,000 miles of uh, roads and the green areas beside those roads. You know, we've got um, housing developments and we've got parks and amenity areas and all of these places could be improved for wildlife. And some areas are doing a great job. So, for example, if we look at roadside nature reserves, the Lincolnshire, um, Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust have, have done a kind of extensive six-year survey working with local volunteers and people. So we don't own the roadside nature reserves, 
But what we no. do is we look at and see what's there and we, we look how we can manage them positively. And some of the plants that are found on, on roadside nature reserves are only found within nature reserves elsewhere. So it right. shows that these linkages, this sort of nature network across the county is is really uh, is really crucial to biodiversity. Yes. It looks very nice when we're driving alongside it, but it's also you know very good for for wildlife um, as yeah. well. And you know if we look at South Lincolnshire, we have extensive rivers and drains um, that have got a wealth of wildlife in them, and some of those are designated as are internationally designated as special areas of conservation but at a local level you know we've got species in in drains that you would just drive past and not think any more of we've got you know fantastic wealth of biodiversity in our fenland drain system some of the best in the county um, and and in the country as well so these areas are all connected and they run through our landscape and that's what the idea of creating a nature recovery network is so it's working with highways, it's working with yeah. local authorities when they're giving their planning permissions for um, new developments, be that housing or commercial or industrial developments. Um, it's looking at, I mean, out into the sea. So we talk about marine protection zones. So we need a nature recovery network on land and interconnected habitats. And we need yeah. a nature recovery network out into the sea. So when we have developments in the wash, you know, those might be wind farms, it might be types of fishery, you might be cabling to connect to wind farms. All these things need to be properly assessed to make sure that they're not doing any damage to the environment. And if they are, that is mitigated and, and yeah. um, you know, that made good. And that we're also, whilst we're doing those things, we want to be creating a net gain in biodiversity. So, just to ask a question about the Nature Recovery Network, you mentioned about the banding of the areas. Does, does that mean, in effect, that um, we, we, we're looking for, or you're looking for, a joined-up, almost nature band right across the country? Yes, absolutely, with no, yeah. with, with no gaps? Well, that, the best that we can do. And, and if, you know, if we look at... Um, you know, our gardens, our gardens can be a little bit wild and I'll, I'll send some links through uh, to the wildlife, to Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust's Action for Insects campaign and and, and, and I'll send you the nature recovery strategy uh, as well. So it is, it's a case of linking up and not just within Lincolnshire, you know, we're working, so Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust are working a little bit with the Langdike Trust um, and RSPB as well as we go down through the through the county and into Norfolk and Cambridgeshire. We have a Fens for the Future partnership, which looks at the Fenland habitat. So we're in, in South Lincolnshire. We are in a yeah. Fens character area. So it's how that Fenland can can join up. We've got a lot of wetland drains that yeah. the internal drainage boards manage exceedingly well in for the most part, yeah. and they work with nature conservation organisations yeah. to do that. So, yeah, it's about hear, joining I, things up. Oh, that's a jet. Is, is, that, is that a military aircraft? How, 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 how do, yeah, just have to explain for listeners, we are in the middle of the uh, yes. and uh, we're not far away from, from various airfields. So, um, 
Yeah, I how, think how that's the... probably a Euro fighter going over. I'm, oh, it, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what damage that does to the wildlife. Uh, well, it, it can cause a bit of disturbance on Fenland reserves, but yeah, we, have to, we have to be very careful that we yeah. don't I guess all the animals them. are. I guess all the animals are fairly used to it now. Absolutely, yes. They yes. grow up with it. Uh, absolutely, yes. It does. They do get used to a bit of disturbance. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And you mentioned a bit earlier on about some of the rare animals and not just animals but biodiversity can you can you can you sort of give listeners any ideas of the names of some of these these birds oh gosh yes well i mean it all starts out the ecology is really important so we talked about why nature is important and that sort of natural capital so land air and water and how they combine so in different areas in the chalk uplands for example and um you know i i actually live in the chalk uplands that leads down to the fence so you'll get you'll get different different species interacting so you get different rare species if you go down into the fens where you know in south lincolnshire we're talking about uh, a sort of a wetter habitat um, and some of the species that um, are in the rivers and drains well that the, there's a special area of conservation at baston fen which is that's an internationally designated site for a for a fish called a spined loach spined um, roach Loach, L L O A C H, yeah. So, yeah. so that's that. That is quite. That's a rare species of fish that's confined to lowland rivers. Um, so, so that's quite unique. Some yeah. of the kind of commoner plants that you will see in the fence are we all we all know what reeds look like and bulrushes. We've all watched wind and all those. And um, so we get a, a lot more of those common species. And then there are similar species of sort of water plants. We have, there's a water there's a there's a ribbon leaved water plantain that is in South Lincolnshire that is only in one other place in the country. It's called oh, right. a It's called um, I can't remember it's 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 English name, but it's called a Lisma graminium, um, and that is 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 critically endangered. So we yeah. find species like that, and then we find the commoner species like reed. All these species interact, if you like, and gravel uh, the gravel area in South Lincolnshire percolates water through it so the water is very clean and good as it runs through the area um, yes. and that in itself brings sort of a greater diversity of species and then because those plants are there certain insects will be there so we have certain rare fenland diving beetles on, on on certain sites and i look at some of these things i am always amazed by people who are very good at insect spotting because i look at them and i don't know what they are and then you know you bring a an expert in yeah. and he'll say well that's a greater fenland diving beetle um really? so there's some really rare plants and then on top of those plants some insects but you need the clean water you need good yeah. soil at the base of that to make sure that this wildlife can survive and thrive and sure. um, so yeah and then and then we look at the sort of larger so we have kingfishers down in the south lincolnshire fence so there are, are still king kingfishers oh yes gosh you know you, you walk along um the river welland um and you'll see kingfishers quite often they do like shadier banks so where there's fewer trees you might see fewer of them yeah um but we've also got birds and you know we had a we had a, a bird that came to uh willow tree fen in 2017 called the blue throat now that had come from colder climbs if you like in february it was yeah. blown off course, but 
you know, this is a really rare bird. 11,000 people came to see it in the space of seven weeks because it was such a rarity. 11,000 people came to see one bird. From one tiny, tiny bird that looked a bit like a rock. It was very pretty. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we have other species that have dropped in, like a glossy ibis and white. So we get lots of little egret now. But um, and, and they have come in over the last sort of 10 or 20 years. And now we're getting other species coming into South Lincolnshire, um, yeah. like cattle egrets. Um, yeah. And certainly if you – they always say, don't they, if you build it, it will come. And if you build these – sort of bigger areas for wildlife and then you connect them up through the landscape you will get bigger iconic species like bittern and common crane and all these larger species which are coming you know they're flying over south lincolnshire people have heard bittern booming in the in the fenland um, gravel pits so these these birds are the bigger iconic birds and mammals i was sat on a nature reserve the other day and i saw a water bowl swim across the channel. Um, really? And these were plentiful when we were all, you know, when I was growing up in the in the 70s and 80s. They were yeah. plentiful, but now, you know, they're becoming endangered in other parts of the country. So if we yeah. look after our habitats and species, these these birds will come, it's, uh, and animals and insects will come. Yeah. And it's also really good for the local economy because people come to see these things. People want to walk in nature. Yeah. So, so in terms of where we are at the moment, and I, and I guess probably talking about Lincolnshire at the moment, but it could be national. Are, are we stationary in terms of redressing the the issues with wildlife, or or are we are we going backwards, or, or are we starting to make progress? Well, there was a State of Nature report in uh, 2019. So that was by wildlife uh, by conservation organisations, which they did they they produced this report for the government. And of the, that was over 8,000, so it was about 8,500 species surveyed. One in seven of those are at risk of extinction. Um, So, you know, that's not, that's not great really, is it? You know, when you, when you look at the, so there is always so much more we can do. And, you know, lots of legislation has led to a reduction in the decline, if you like, but we have to be, always have to be vigilant and we yeah. can't, you know, we can't be the only people. Nature conservation organisations aren't the only people who can or, or who do look after our natural environment. You no. know, local farmers are very good. Um, yeah. You know, we've, we've, we work with internal drainage boards as well. We work with Natural England and the Environment Agency. And all these organisations, as part of their remit, have duties for nature conservation, for biodiversity. Yeah. We could actually yeah. do better because, you know, uh, planning applications, when they when they come in, we assess planning applications for larger developments. Yes. And, you know, too many times, there are, there are developers who are very good at, at yeah. providing for nature. But if yes. we look at a development, you know, a lot of it is short, amenity very closely mown grassland you know gardens and footpaths and all these areas could be so much better for wildlife and with less cost as well you're working well with farmers with the gravel people you know with with the water people and all the rest of it Um, but you mentioned earlier on in our conversation about the amount of hectares of gardens yes we've got in the country which could go some way towards helping this so um for listeners who, who've got a garden and can try to do something, can you give us any examples of what they could try and do? 
Yes, certainly. So if I will send you links to our website, if you go to Lincolnshire Wildlife Thank Trust you. website, in June, we have 30 Days Wild, which is more for, for families, I guess, um, how they can, what they can do. So it might be things like going to visit a local nature reserve, or it might be creating a pond in your garden, or even just going out and seeing what wildlife you might be able to see on the plants that you've yeah. got already in your garden and which plants which plants have got the most bees on, for example. Um, and then you can you can enhance that. So we've also got um, Stay Wild at Home, which during the current sort of uh, health, health uh, situation, when we're not allowed to go out quite so much, we can enjoy nature in our back gardens just by letting a little bit of it go wild. So a tiny area of nettles at the back of a hedge. You can yeah. create a wildlife pond. It talks you how through how to do that what plants you plant um, and this is this is for the for the big children as well as the little children you know. <laughs> the royal yeah. horticultural society working with the wildlife trust has got a fantastic pollinator so so plants that are good for pollinators so be they yeah. garden plants or or native wildlife species we can all do a bit we can all yeah. let a little area overgrow we can create a log pile we can put a bug hotels nest boxes for birds um, so there's so much that we can all do. And yes. I mean, it's, it's an absolute joy as well to do it, you know, it, yeah. um, and it, it helps people to engage with nature. And for and ideas about and for ideas about plants, um, you, that, that's all available on the website, both on the Lincolnshire one and, and the National Wildlife. Trust. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's there's an Action yeah. for Insects campaign that you can that you can sign up to as well. So that's part of the Wildlife Trust campaign. So we've got Stay yeah. Wild at Home on Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust pages uh, and yeah. there's a facebook page as well where younger younger listeners and families can earn yeah. hedgehog reward points for uh, for things that they do for for, for nature well I'd, I'd read um about some guy who'd actually put a hole underneath his fence so that a hedgehog could go next door and absolutely travel across the garden. Is, that, yeah. is that something worth doing absolutely so you can create if you can create a 13 one three centimeter hole um, yeah. between you and your neighbour, um, you'll allow hedgehogs to pass through. So this this means that they don't have to walk on the road. Um, and you know we've all seen even yeah. in, in the village that I live in, which is very quiet, we've all seen hedgehogs. You know that have met their demise yeah. on on the road. So if you can create um, a, a little tunnel between your garden and the next, then yeah. you've created more space for. for for wildlife and, and they yeah. they're fairly good at looking after themselves you know i mean that's not much to do is it 130 that's just over five inches yeah tiny tiny holes so yeah have, have a go see what's there yeah. um and uh, and do a bit for wildlife yeah. and, and enjoy it sit back and enjoy it that's great so um you mentioned earlier on about some of the work you were doing with some of the larger organizations can you tell us a bit about the um companies that dredge you know take up the gravel and because obviously afterwards that you're left with a big hole a gaping hole in the ground that's right yes extracting sand and gravel is really important building houses is really important we don't want to object to any of these things at the wildlife trust what we want to do with is work with organizations like the minerals companies to make the, the site better for wildlife when they leave it so they have to submit a restoration plan Yes. So in the past, we have worked with gravel companies in the Fenland area to put a bit of Fenland into 
uh, fenland restoration into into gravel pits and that's been really really sort of fruitful so we have some areas so historically there were a lot of trees put around gravel sites and that isn't necessarily good for wildlife because trees produce leaves that fall off in the in the autumn and winter and over the years this builds up nutrients in the ponds and some of the species that in the fens to restored areas were good for to start with have lost their biodiversity because trees have dropped their leaves into there. Well, I have to say that that's something that um, I wouldn't have thought of. No, well... I, I would have thought trees would have been a great Yeah, idea. well, also, I mean, also, you know, trees attract, attract um, things like crows and magpies, corvid species. Um, and when you've got... Yeah ducks and ducklings and water birds yeah, swimming yeah. you're creating a kind of buffet for these corvids to come so i guess in. i guess what i guess what you're saying is that trees have their place quite right yes and, and we need them but not necessarily right next to a lake that's right so gravel areas because they've got a very low water table uh very high, yeah they 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 always restore if you like to uh, water yeah. um, and sometimes yeah. this has to be pumped otherwise they, they, there's too much of it um, so, so what we do working with gravel companies is to suggest different ways of, of um, you know, restoration that were more in keeping with a fenland habitat. Um, and when we look at the fens as well, and, and we mentioned trees are fantastic. So, restoration for wildlife and for people is all about the right, the right measures in the right places. And trees are wonderful. Yes. Um, they produce their own habitat. Woodlands are great. They keep, you know, they're, they're good for absorbing carbon dioxide, if you like. But in the fens, we have some incredible peatland soil. So restoration, yeah. we need to think about what restoration we're doing where. And restoration in the fenlands should be about conserving peat. And that helps to mitigate the effects of climate change. Um, and, and as it yeah. degrades, so through previous intensive farming practices... As those areas, uh, you know, as, as those areas have been farmed, they have lost carbon, and that adds to the carbon yeah. dioxide in the atmosphere. So, when mineral yeah. companies are looking at what they're restoring, and when farmers are looking at how they farm, you know, what what they do and how they manage the land and the restoration of the land has a big impact on natural capital. So that's the water, the air, and the um, soil. And it also has an impact yeah. on wildlife as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, so restoration, we, we deal really with the restoration of, of um, gravel sites and how the gravel companies work through their um, operations to make sure that it's good for, for biodiversity as they're working through it. And it's restored for the yeah. benefit of people and wildlife. And, you know, access to green space is really important for people. And, yeah, we can, we can, some of our gravel reserves, you know, could be more open to, to local people who have to suffer the inconvenience of the restoration work to yes. start. And, and this, this is a good segue, actually, because um, I'd really like to talk about what the, the actual project you're doing in a village in South Lincolnshire by the name of Baston. Yes. And um, which is actually next door to, Quite a, a lot of gravel. Absolutely, pits, yes, that's right. Yes, it started with a with a s- simple email, really, out to um, some of our parish council partners because I work yeah. for the South Lincolnshire. We did work for the South Lincolnshire Fenlands Partnership, which is a project to help restore wetland and fenland um, in South Lincolnshire. Um, and so we work with farmers, we work with range boards, we also work with communities and. A bit like what you can do in your garden, really. So what can we do in our village um, yeah. was, was kind of the ask. So it, 
So at Willow Tree Fen Nature Reserve, we created a wildlife garden, um, which consisted of a large book hotel, a pond, some meadow grassland, um, and some log piles. So the book hotel was for insects, the meadowland was for the insects to feed on and to look nice as well, and the pond was for things like amphibians, like frogs and, and toads and yeah. roots and things. And the log pile is somewhere for those things to go when they're not in the water, because the only amphibians and reptiles only spend a certain amount of time in water. So they go into these log piles and underneath book hotels and, and they dis- distribute themselves, if you like, around your garden, let's say. Yeah. Did, you, did you say bug hotel there? I did, yes, yes. You can make them by gathering together a handful of canes, garden canes, yeah. wrapping yeah. them up with string and tucking them away in a tree or you know somewhere where they can uh, insects can get access to. But this, the one that we have that we build, is is a big one. So it's sort of seven yeah. pallets high and put logs wow. in it and pine cones yeah. in it and all sorts of bits and pieces. So we did this at Willow Tree Fen with the hope that people might want to take that on board in their garden or maybe in their local village. So I asked parish councils if they were interested in um, making, creating a naturehood in in a, just in a small community area. Um, And Mayfield Gardens of Baston, which is an over 55s community, got in touch and said, we'd be interested. So they've created um, a, uh, one of their areas they've created with garden varieties of plants like lavender, and it's a barbecue area, so they've put in some um, edible uh, things like rosemary and sage and basil. Yes. So it's planting for insects in that particular area in a garden-like setting, but it's a communal area. Um, and they built a lovely book hotel. Mayfield Gardens were fantastic because they built this uh, they built three bug hotels now around the area and they're more pollinator palace than bug hotel because they're so much better than the, uh, than the, than the template that we gave them. Pollinator palace. A pollinator palace, yeah. That's a, that's a nice description. <laughs> it is, yeah. They've, they've done a fantastic yeah. job. Yeah. Um, and they want to do more as well. So they're learning how to create a small meadow area, for example. So this is how it all yeah. started. And then Baston yeah. School um, got in touch with us. Um, and said, you know, they would like to to do something for wildlife. And many organisations, financially constituted bodies like parish councils or schools can apply for this this funding, and it's up to £500 for a community wildlife project. So the school did the same, the school did the same thing. And then we sort of got talking to other people. So there's a beekeeper who was really interested in the she became involved. The parish council said, well, let's see what we can do with roadside nature reserves. The Plainfield Committee said the same thing. Another local school wanted to get involved. A local farmer who was farmed behind the school is really interested in what they can do to improve their strips okay. around the edge of the village. So this is how Baston Nature had developed. Um, yep. And in the meantime, the parish council, someone from the parish council contacted me and said, what about looking at going carbon neutral? Um, And there is a community uh, in Ashton Hayes who have, for the last 15 years, been looking at reducing their carbon footprint to, if you like, uh, combat the effects of climate change. We've had two community wildlife grants and People now want more people, more organisations want to get involved to see how we can fit all these areas together. So a bit like your 
you know, like we described for hedgehogs, making holes under your hedges. How can we make our gardens better? You know, yeah. how can we link those up? How can we link the road verges up? How can we manage the ditch system through the village better yeah. for wildlife? The church is also really keen to get involved. Um, you know, and they've got a churchyard and a cemetery. There's allotments yeah. there. Um so we're at the stage now where we have, before we were all restricted in our movements due to coronavirus, we um, managed to get some funding to have um, a community event where we looked at what people's vision might be in terms of yeah. going carbon neutral and going, uh, you know, creating a more wildlife friendly village. And obviously so, the lockdowns, you know, halted that for the time being. It has, yes. We've secured yeah. the funding and hopefully, um, you know, we can we can uh, look to doing that when we're all allowed to physically socialise again. But there's so many ways that we can get, you know, people who are housebound can join in just by, you know, me taking along a pot with some soil and some seeding or some plants yeah. and growing, yeah. a, growing a pot um, to put in your front garden or your back garden you know, we can all do, even if we have gardens that are tarmacked or decked out, we can yeah. all do that little bit. And it's how all those little bits join up in our garden, in our villages, across our road network, through our developments, through the countryside, you know, and out across the country. So Baston Naturehood is just one example of how to create this nature recovery network. Amanda, it's, it's a wonderful story, you know, some of the stuff that you're doing at a top level. Um, with, with some of the big organisations and the farmers and everything is great. And and also going right down to people in their own homes, how, how they can do stuff. So it's a great story and it sounds like you're doing some brilliant work. So thank you ever so much for your time and coming on the show. Well, it's it's an absolute pleasure. And, and just can I say that it's not just about us doing things, it's about everyone doing their bit. And part of our FENS partnership is to do with working with farmers and mineral companies and uh, internal drainage boards and local planning authorities, right down to individuals. No, that's that's great, and thanks thanks very much for coming on. Thank you. My thanks go to today's guest, Amanda Jenkins, conservation officer from the Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I don't know about you, but I learned so much. Amanda has a tremendous knowledge of her subject. I think it brought home to me how much great work the Wildlife Trust and other conservation organisations are doing with farmers and landowners and others. However, for me, what I took away was what a great opportunity it is for all of us to play our part and get involved, whether that be in our gardens, balconies or even a window pot. We can all do something to help. If you would like to find out more on some of the practical steps that you can take to help wildlife, please see the show notes for details and links. You have been listening to Undercurrent Stories. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Please subscribe to the show for future episodes. And if you like what you hear, please share the show link with your friends and family. And if you have 60 seconds, I would be most grateful if you would please rate and review the show. Until next time, this is Bob Wells wishing you all the very best. <laughs>